Hello, DLC listeners. Christian here. What you're about to hear is an interview with me and Brett Robbins, the CEO of Ascendant Studios, the people behind Immortals of Avium. This conversation went out first to our patrons, and you can become a patron yourself by going to patreon.com slash dlcpod. Our patrons are what keep this show going. The main show, everything you get is because of um, our patrons supporting us. Of course, we never want anyone to feel financially stressed by supporting this show. There is other stuff you can do to support the show non-monetarily. You can tell friends about it. You can review us on your podcast platform of choice, and you can help us spread the word. If you do want to support us over on Patreon, you not only get conversations like this early, you also get whole additional shows like paid DLC. There are two seasons of Feeling This with myself and Alex Solman. And there is the book club, DLC book club with Jeff and Lana getting the audio version of that, as well as other conversations like this early. Lots of cool stuff. I encourage you to check it out and uh, help support us if you can. But if not, no worries. We're happy you're here. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with me and Brett Robbins, the CEO of Ascendant Studios. Here we go. Hey everybody, Christian Spicer here. Welcome to this bonus content of DLC. I am very excited. If you've listened to the show uh, this year and even on Into the Aether where I guested with Brendan on a special episode, we heaped praise on Immortals of Avium and how fun the game was, how inventive it was, and how we love and celebrate new IP. And I'm very excited because I am sitting down with Brett Robbins, the CEO of Ascendant Studios, the people behind Immortals of Avium. Brett, thank you so much for being here. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great to be here. Um, So I introduced you as the CEO of Ascendant Studios, but I would love, before we kind of really dive into it, if you could quickly give a, a, a brief background on who you are, where you've been, what you're doing, because... um. Immortals is not your first rodeo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's not. Um, I've been making games for uh, uh, 27 years now. Um, I started at uh, Crystal Dynamics in the 90s as a uh, level designer uh, and and worked on some great games there like uh, Gex 2 Enter the Gecko and Akuji the Heartless and uh, Legacy of Kane Blood Omen 2. Uh, and then I uh, went to EA as a lead designer and eventually as a creative director. And I did um, Re- Return of the King and uh, From Russia with Love, which was a James Bond game, which was a lot of fun to make. And uh, then I made—I was a creative director on the first uh, Dead Space, um, which is still the game I get the most questions about. <laughs> um, and then uh, after that, I was part of the original uh, crew that founded um, Sledgehammer Games, and uh, we worked on the Call of Duty franchise. I was a, a senior creative director on three um, Call of Duty titles, uh, Modern Warfare 3, Advanced Warfare, and World War II. And in 2018, uh, I left uh, Sledgehammer and um, founded Ascendant Studios. And we started working on Immortals of Avium, and uh, 
that was the next five years of my life. <laughs> yeah. I mean, those years can melt away, uh, Far too quickly, I think, for all of us. And I can only imagine when you're deep in creating a studio and then also launching a, a new game in a new IP. And certainly uh, some hits over the years on being modest and sarcastic. Uh, the <laughs> games that that uh, our listeners have certainly heard of and played and enjoyed over the uh, over the years. Um, before we really get into Immortals and kind of what's coming, and and like I said, I love celebrating new IP, especially when so many games are iterative or derivative, which are also fantastic games, but um, new IP and creative IP holds a special place in my heart. But on on DLC, especially this year, we've talked about how it's been a great year for gamers in terms of incredible 10 out of 10 games that have come out this year and how there's just been so many, but perhaps a rough year for folks in games with it seems like every week there's a new round of layoffs or downsizing or a studio, unfortunately, entirely going under. And I know that you all haven't been immune to that either, unfortunately. And so before we I kind of hype up and get even excited again for Immortals of Avium, I'd love to kind of start there and get your take on, you know, maybe what happened at Ascendant and then maybe broadly and perhaps just speculative um, why it's been so hard this year, or is it always this hard? And it's just kind of um, difficult to be in the industry. Yeah, it's it's a crazy year. Uh, yeah, we're seeing all these huge games come out um, doing great. We see a lot of huge hits, um, some surprises too. Um, Baldur's Gate 3, Alan Wake 2, uh, doing amazingly well. Uh, and at the same time, yeah, there's a you know, a news report almost every day about, about layoffs. I mean, I, you know, as far as, you know, ascendant goes, um, it, you know, it, it really sucked to have to do a round of layoffs, um, especially right after we shipped, um, you know, we're not a big company. We're not EA. We're not, um, Activision. Um, we are an independent studio um or our own business and that business you know relies on selling games and uh, we didn't sell enough and that's simply the bottom line and it sucks um and it it forced us to have to um you know lay off some people people that had worked really hard on the game um people that i work closely with and um there's nothing good about that um and I, you know, all I hope is that, um, you know, as Ascendant continues and as we, you know, move on to future projects and we're growing again, that I'm able to hire them all back uh, and work with those people again because uh, they're awesome. So, um, yeah, it is an unfortunate reality of the business. You know, I'm uh, I've always been kind of on the well, not kind of I've always been on the creative side of game development. Um and uh, and I was the game director as well as the CEO uh, for Immortals, um, and so doing the business side of it, you know, the the dollars and cents side uh, is a little bit new to me. Um, and it, you know, it it you are running a business at the end of the day, and it it you know it can have a, a, a downside to it, um, which really it, it can be unfortunate. As far as the you know the 
macroeconomic picture of the industry. Like I'm, you know, I'm certainly not a finance person, so I, I can only speculate, but, uh, and, and don't take any of this <laughs> as, uh, as truth. But, um, you know, I think, I think there's a few factors that have happened. I think you have this, um, sort of hangover from COVID, you know, when COVID hit, um, a lot of investment money kind of flowed into the industry. Um, a lot of big bets were placed. There was a lot of uh, investment in things like meta, the metaverse and, and, all, you know, all sorts of things. And a lot of, and of course, uh, you know, web three, uh, you know, sort of, uh, crypto gaming stuff was happening. There's all sorts of stuff happening. And I think a lot of those bets didn't pay out or haven't paid out yet. And that's caused people to have to contract. I think the, uh, you know, rising interest rates has made moving money around, um, harder and uh, money is not free or cheap anymore. Um, and, yeah, I think there's just been a lot, there was a lot of growth followed by uh, now a contraction of sorts. Um, you know, I think seeing so many big hits and, and great games come out, especially in the AAA space this year, I think could, you know, could turn that around next year and, um, you know, people start uh, hiring and, and, and things start growing again. Um, but, it, you know, who knows? I mean, it, it's, there's, when it comes to, you know, economics and, and market forces, there's a lot of voodoo and, and weird forces at work that I don't fully understand. So, um, but it, it does suck. It sucks to see that, you know, all these big companies, really big companies, Epic and things like that, you know, um, laying a lot of people off. Um, yeah. No one has been strange. spared. No one's been spared. No, no. Um, well, thank you for that. And I appreciate your honesty and, and willingness to talk about it. I know it's never fun to start. Hey, <laughs> let's talk about this cool new game you worked on, but also um, <laughs> on a serious note. Um, right. But I have to imagine you're still very excited about the state of the industry as a whole and, you know, to be bringing a new IP into it and trying to, you know, start this new studio and kind of get that up and running. So I'd love to kind of transition into that and and what it was like to come into the world as a new studio with this new IP that is maybe familiar in some ways to folks in, in that it kind of plays with magic and fantasy and that it's maybe conceptually a first-person shooter. But then even within that realm um you put a tweak on it it, it felt like a a big swing it wasn't hey here's uh i'm going to you know paraphrase but it's not like hey here's a dude who worked on cod making another you know pew pew shooter that yeah. wasn't what you kind of leaned into and i'd love to kind of talk about um what that is like and and creating and working with a new ip and kind of bringing this fresh idea uh, of what perhaps a air quote shooter can be while also creating a new world. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, I formed Ascendant to make this game. I, uh, I want, you know, I, I needed to build up a studio. I needed to create a company. It was in service of doing something new. And, um, and it came out of a time and we're still in that time where there are a lot of sequels, a lot of, 
you know, franchises or, um, you know, riffs off of IP that people already know. Um, and, and there, you know, always seems to be an appetite, or at least there's a lot of talk about, you know, wanting new things, um, people wanting to, to play something new and not just play, you know, the, the, the same old games all the time. Um, and I really wanted to, to play something new. And so I wanted to make something new. Um, I had, it did, it did kind of, you know, uh, the genesis of it was coming out of my time in call of duty. I was playing a lot of shooters. I was making, uh, you know, the world's biggest shooter at the time. And, uh, so I was, it was certainly in my headspace and just, you know, looking around at the, at what games were out there and what games were being made and just realizing that there wasn't anything in the fantasy genre, magic, you know, uh, a magic shooter, anything like that. No one was working on that. No one had worked on it on a, at a big budget for a very long time. Um, you know, when I started talking about the game, people would say, uh, oh, you mean like Hexen? And Hexen was in the 90s, you know? So it was, we were talking like a pretty long time. Um, so yeah, I, uh, you know, um, was very fortunate to have a investor that really believed and still believes in, uh, mortals and, uh, and in what we were doing and, and we were off to the races. Um, you know, I, I certainly didn't make things easy on myself. Um, you know, probably the hardest, <laughs> the, hard, the hardest thing you can do in the industry is make a new IP create a new team and work on new technology. And I did all three, um, which was uh, kind of madness. Um, but, you know, we, we, we did it, um, you know, making, getting a great team together that really works well. And, um, you know, that's everything. Like the team, the team is, is just, if you don't have a great team, you're not never going to get anywhere. Um and then, uh, you know, using Unreal, first Unreal 4 and then Unreal 5 um, had its challenges, especially since Unreal 5 was new, but it was really powerful. Mm -hmm. So we knew it could do really, really cool things. Um, and it, it delivered. It absolutely, it allowed a team and a company that we are actually pretty modestly sized and our budget for AAA is modest. We allowed us to punch above our weight and uh, and really, you know, deliver something absolutely competitive. I think the game's gorgeous and, um, and, and it plays really well and it's good frame rate and everything. That's all because of unreal and because of you know, talented engineers we have and artists. Um, and then, and then making a new IP is really challenging. I'd only really, I'd done it twice before. Um, I'd done a smaller game called Akuji the heartless back in the nineties. Um, but then it, you know, dead space was really the, the last, and the main new IP I had ever made. And it's hard to like cut through the noise to bring something that's really your own, make, make something signature that people are going to respond to, um, to compete with games that maybe they're on their eighth iteration, their ninth iteration. And, you know, that's a lot of mature technology, a lot of mature systems, um, a huge fan base, you know, you're kind of, trying to break through all of that. Um, it's challenging. It's super challenging, but if you can do it, it's incredibly rewarding and, and it's awesome for players because I think, you know, um, at heart, 
people really do want to have new experiences and play new games. So, um, so yeah, it, it was, <laughs> it was challenging for sure, but, um, we're on the other side of it now and that's, that feels great. Yeah. Before uh, you mentioned working in, in, you know, with a new engine and new technology. And before I spend a little bit of time on that and kind of diving into Unreal 5, I'd love to kind of circle back on it. I'm not going to spoil anything because I hope, you know, more folks do uh, play the game. So I don't want to spoil any plot points or any broad even ideas of the world that you all built. But hearing you talk about creating the new ip in this new world i'd love if you could maybe if uh if you're further enough away from the project now to kind of say here's some stuff that we hit out of the park in terms of this new ip and this new world and creating this thing and here's some learnings from it that maybe you know i would do differently next time because if i understand correctly you're and from what you've said you're a big fan of creating these new worlds and you think it's important for the industry to have folks other, you know, other folks as well continue to create new ideas and new worlds. And I'm wondering if you could share some learnings of stuff that you think you all did well in that regard and stuff that maybe, um, when you swing again, you perhaps would do differently. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I feel like what immortals really did well, and this, this has certainly been echoed by, um, by the fans and, and people that have really enjoyed it. And by a lot of reviewers, you know, we created a really cool world. Our world building was strong. It felt like you were in a new, you know, the world of Avium is a new world and interesting. And it has, you know, um, a lot of life to it. And it felt like a, a lived in place. Um, the lore is really interesting. The background, the, you know, just the, the history, all the things that we created um, to make it come to life. Uh, people really responded to well, and that feels really good because we did spend a lot of time on that. Um, and, uh, and our characters um, really resonated well. We've got some really, a lot of fan favorites. Our actors were awesome. Um, you know, we, we definitely made memorable characters, which was a huge goal of ours. Again, being a new IP, everything you do has to be signature. It has to be something that's like this, you know, this is the identity you're creating the identity of what could be a franchise. So it's, you know, super important that characters resonated. Um, and then our, our combat system, like the, the game's just really fun. Uh, I think we really, we really did a great job on combat and that's hard. You know, you're, you're dealing with, years and years and years of, uh, of shooters out there. And for us to bring something uh, new to the table, uh, something a little different. And like you said, we, we did kind of walk that line of what's familiar and what's, what's new. Um, some of the spells do feel like guns and have gun equivalents, but then a lot of the spells feel like something, something new and, and exciting. So getting that system to really work well was a ton of work and, and, um, and it paid off. I think, you know, we, we really made, I, I think the game is super fun. Um, I think things that I would do different or that we could have done better or we could have, um, uh, you know, if I was to do it all over again, that kind of stuff. I think, you know, there was certainly um, uh, an appetite to, to bite off as much as we could. Um, there was a lot of features. <laughs> we put in a lot of features. 
And a lot of them came in a little bit late. And so we had to, you know, kind of do the, the minimum on some of them. I maybe would have used a scalpel a little bit, a little bit more precisely and, um, and maybe not done a few features and, and then had some of the other features, you know, double down on them a little bit more. I don't know what exactly what those are. I haven't really thought about like what, you know, we could have, we, we should have done this or not that, but we certainly, we did a, you know, it, it's a big game and it has a lot of features in it. And so we did end up feeling spread a little thin on some things. Um, and there's some things we didn't get in that I really wish we had. I, I, you know, we have a lot of kind of exploration and almost semi open world elements to the game. Um, I had wanted to get in side quests and a lot of sort of, you know, more storytelling kind of on the edges of the game. Um, and so, and we weren't able, you know, to do that just for time and budget reasons. So there are some things that like, oh, maybe, you know, I wish I had gotten this and maybe we wouldn't have done as much of that or this other thing. Um, but, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. You're you're making the best decisions you can as you're going. And um, and what what we ended up with, again, for a new team and a new IP. I mean, I think the game's amazing. So um, I'm I'm very proud of what we did. Yeah, there were definitely there, there's a lot there as you mentioned. It wasn't as if it was like, oh, this is a when I was playing it, this is a cool world. I see what they were trying to do. I can't wait for part two. You know, when when these concepts will be realized. It felt right. like a very full finished game and what i found so rewarding about the combat and I, I believe i said this both on our show and when i was on into the aether and we talked about it was how it kind of shifted the traditional left trigger right trigger and allowed my fingers to do something different so not only was i playing a a somewhat familiar experience but the way i was using my hands to conjure the spells felt novel and so it created a world where i was able to buy in on this new thing instead of having this direct analog of uh, this is shotgun, this is SMG, this is sniper. While there were those connections, the fact that I was using my hands to do something different, you know, brought me into the game in a way that I think not enough games do. In VR, it's easy to replicate the actual hand movements, but I think also the industry now has kind of relied upon a standard control scheme for a lot of things. And while that can yeah. be helpful, I think it also can make things feel samey along the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm glad you feel that way. Cause we, we spent a lot of time on the controls and how we were going to get, you know, you can run around with like, um, you know, 12 different spells and you know, that you can cast at any given time. You've got, you know, your, your strike spells, your control spells, your furies, like we wanted it to be, a robust, you know, big, you know, the, the player would have a lot of options at, at their disposal, but then not, you know, not have to like pause the game, go to a, you know, a, a spell wheel or anything that, you know, like you're constantly mm -hmm. like you know, interrupting the action. We wanted it to be seamless. And um, I think, you know, the way you cast fury is the way you do your left hand, right hand spells, all those things like, um, we spent a lot of time on that and it ended up like feeling really good. It, I, you know, to me, it just feels really, it ends up, you know, after you've been playing a little while, it ends up feeling really natural. And, um, and yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that that, that worked out. Um, and people still, you know, they'll, they'll gravitate to a few spells, all of a few combos that they really like. 
And then, you know, you can like double down on those with, you know, buying talents for them and all that kind of stuff and getting gear for them. Um, and that's cool. Like you can play that way. You can have your few, you know, spells or you could go wide and, and really use the right spell at the right time and, and kind of master the game in that way. And I've seen people play that way where they're just constantly switching and they see a certain enemy and they know exactly what to do against that enemy. And that's really satisfying to watch because you're like, you're like, oh, okay, they figured that out. We, you know, we, we had hoped they would do that and we had talked about it and we had written it down and built it into the, the combat system and they found it and they're exploiting it. And that's awesome. You know, um, those, those moments are really rewarding. Yeah. We, we do a, a bonus series here on DLC called Feeling This and we, uh, talk about kind of the feel of games and why certain things feel great and other things, you know, maybe don't click the same way. And I can only speak for myself, but I mean, I think you all nailed the feel again in a new world, a new IP and a, in a slightly different control scheme. I think having it feel good is so important versus I fighting with controls, which, you know, some established games, uh, unfortunately, uh, deal with and it's something, it just doesn't click. Something feels off and whether it's frame rate or whether it's, uh, compression of button and, and whether or not that is recognized on screen or the animation that goes into it or what that yeah. all cumulatively feels like. I think, I think you all absolutely nailed. I want to tease one thing because I am going to get to this. I promise, uh, dear listeners, there's more coming for immortals, which is one of the main reasons we're talking. So I, I want to set that up. We're going to get to it, but I also want to respect our time. Um, before we get to that, which is why it's a tease, I do want to circle back to um, Unreal Engine 5 and you know the work you all did to, uh, in many ways, kind of be the first on uh, this current gen of consoles, aside from Epic themselves, to launch a game using that engine and I'd love to kind of hear your thoughts on uh, expanded a little bit more on what that was like and, and maybe where you see the future of teams working with that engine and what we as players can maybe expect to see going forward with it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think we're still we might still be the, the only game out on 5.1. Um, so we were definitely at the cutting edge of what Unreal was doing, what Epic was doing. Um, and they were great partners. We had, uh, you know, <laughs> we had them on the phone every day uh, or in the office sometimes, um, you know, to help us out. Um, it's a really powerful engine. And the, the advantage, the advantage that I really found with working on uh, Unreal as opposed to propri proprietary engines that I used to work on, like, you know, Call of Duty has its own engine. Uh, we built an engine for Dead Space. Um was or is that um, you can you can kind of crowdsource solutions in a way that you couldn't with something proprietary. Like there are a, a lot of Unreal developers out there in the world, and there's a whole network. There's actually the Unreal Developer Network (UDN) that you can you know ask questions and and you know get answers and get a lot of people talking about problems and things like that. So just your ability to to solve problems uh, really becomes uh, more efficient. You're able to do, you know, get more answers more quickly because so many people are using this across the world. Uh, and that's great. I, I love that. Um, the, 
and the and kind of I guess a corollary to that is um, when you hire people, you you know you can find a lot of people that have worked in the engine, and that's great for hiring. Um, you know, again, as opposed to if you're hiring for Call of Duty and they haven't worked in Call of Duty before, there's a ramp up period of you know it can be several months before people are really able to work effectively in that engine. You have to learn it. Um, but we can hire people that know Unreal and, and can get going you know, right away. And that allowed us to be more efficient as well. So there's really good things about it. Um, and it's really powerful. And some of the new tools in there are, are crazy. They're like really, really cool. Um, you probably heard about things like Nanite and Lumens and, you know, the, like, like Nanite's this, you know, real-time LOD system. And it works and it's, it's really impressive. Lumens is all real-time lighting. Um, you're not baking lighting. You're able to just to, you know, iterate a lot faster with Lumens. So that, yeah, there's things. And, and then with new versions coming out, they're just, you know, adding more and more cool features to it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it's, it is, it's certainly like, I, I want to keep working in it. I think it's great. Um, it, like I said before, it allowed us, to really make something competitive uh, while being a, a modest, modestly sized team. Um, and I think it'll ha- that will happen with more and more developers, more and more developers that, that use it are going to be able to deliver things that, you know, you know, Oh shit, this looks like a $200 million game, but it, it didn't cost nearly that much, you know, and that, that opens up the possibilities for the industry and it allows for more really, really great games to come out. Um, because they just don't cost as much. So yeah, I mean, I'm a, I'm an advocate and, um, and, but it was challenging because we were right on the, you know, we were laying down the track as the train was rolling. So, um, it, it made it, you know, <laughs> definitely challenging at times, um, when we're like knocking on Epic's door, like, Hey, are you guys going to fix this bug? Cause we're trying to ship this game. And <laughs> they're like, yeah, yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it. Um, Worry about your own bugs. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they were great. I mean, they were really great and they helped us out a lot. So, um, so yeah, but I, I've also got, we've got incredibly, you know, incredibly talented engineers and, and artists and, and designers that were able to really work well within the system. So um, that's awesome. Yeah, it, I, it I love cool. to see it. And I, I love to see folks pushing new tech. We, we talk a lot about, some of the stuff that NVIDIA is doing, um, Jeff and I on the show with the LSS 3.5 and path tracing. And I'm still blown away by what Epic showed when they first showed off Unreal 5 with that matrix demo and kind of the yeah. nanite and lighting and scale and loading and all of that stuff. And so I love when folks are able to not only just release tech demos showing off that technology, but also you know, releasing a game, a, a fun, real game to to play. And I was very excited to go hands-on with Immortals when it came out because of that and kind of see this stuff and poke at it and prod at it and see how it plays for us regular folks um, who don't have to worry yeah. about the bugs. <laughs> yeah, well, we just, well, and also, you know, I've been doing this a long time, right? And like you said, like, I've seen a lot of tech demos. Um, there, there, there's always the promise of something amazing. Um, mm. it, it, it's, it's not until you're actually trying to make it work <laughs> and trying to ship something that you're like, oh, okay, maybe this isn't all, you know, <laughs> maybe this isn't all it was promised to be. So, um, 
So yeah, you're. I mean, I I totally agree. Like, it's not just a tech demo. It actually works. We actually ship something great on it. Um, the you know the hype is real, um, and and I think a lot a lot of developers are going to you know continue to move to it because um, because of all those reasons because it gives you a lot of power, a lot of flexibility. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, for me, the analog is, uh, you know, the the car company will show the concept car, and you're like, "That's inc- look at the lines! Oh my goodness, that's incredible!" And then they release the production version. You're like, "Oh, I see what you did there." You know, well, well played, car company. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there is more coming for Immortals of Avium. So I want to make sure we have time to talk about that. As we're recording, I don't know what that is. So I can't set up the question as artfully as I otherwise would. Um, so I will just pitch to you and uh, and say, what's what's coming? What's next? Yeah. So uh, we're really excited. We have the Echolector edition coming out. The Echolector is a, a new boss that we've added to the game. Um, this This... Uh, edition has uh, a lot of new stuff in it. It's got uh, a couple new bosses. It's got some new uh, shroud fanes, which are the uh, kind of mini dungeons that are hidden throughout the world uh, that have really uh, interesting challenges to them. There's some new ones of those. Um, we're adding uh, a new difficulty mode. So we have the Grand Magnus difficulty mode. Um, if the game was too easy for you, uh, Give it a shot. It's definitely <laughs> challenging. Um, we uh, added New Game Plus, so you can uh, finish the game and uh, start over uh, with all your gear and all your talents and, um, you know, keep playing. And, and the game gets, you know, is a little more challenging, um, but you certainly, you know, can max out your talent tree now and um, things like that and get all the best gear, all the legendary gear. Um and that's really fun. I, I always do that as a player. Uh, I always do New Game Plus myself. So I'm really happy we got that in. Um, we did a lot of uh, performance improvements. Um, we've lowered the minimum spec on PC. So uh, interesting. You can, yeah, you can, uh, if you know, you don't have to have the best PC in the world to play the game. You can certainly have um, an older machine and it'll, it'll play great. Um, we uh, fixed a lot of bugs. Um, you know, certainly this is certainly the best and purest version of Immortals uh, that we that we've made, and it's and it's I'm re- really really proud of it. Um, it comes with uh, a couple of other things, um, sort of outside the game, but equally important. We're doing a free trial. So you can uh, download the game for free and play the first few levels. Um, it's it, over a couple hours of gameplay. Uh, on check it out. all platforms or just PC or just console? Console and um, I believe PC as well. I, I need to double check that, um, but I believe it's PC as well. So yeah, but it's definitely on console. Cool. Um, and... Uh, the um yeah so there's you know no no cost just go and play it and then you can purchase it um and that comes with a huge price discount so the game's over half off uh if you do the demo uh, we're also doing a half off period so that we're doing a um you know a big price promotion um for several weeks for the game so um 
so now's the time. Like we've got uh, a great, um, you know, a, a great, great new content, a bunch of new stuff in the game. And, um, and you know, it's, it's a lot cheaper and, uh, and you can try try a free trial. So um, I'm hoping that brings a lot of people to it. You know, we, we all talk about wanting to play something new and original and this is it. So um, we've got, we've seen a lot of sequels this year, um, a lot, of, a lot of great games, uh, but you know, a lot of franchises we all know, and this is something new and different. So if people, people want that, here it is. I love the free trial and I love the idea of, you know, people getting to go hands-on with the game. Um, Jeff and I talk a lot about Steam Next Fest and all the demos that are available that way and how great it is to highlight some games that otherwise people would miss. And I think this year, it seems like almost every game is a game that someone could have missed because there have been so many incredible games. So I love the idea that folks will hopefully be able to to try it and go hands-on and uh play for themselves some of the stuff that that we've talked about and I talked about with like the feel and and why I think it it plays so well for folks who already have the game is this new content um an update for them uh, the new bosses and stuff like that or would it require yeah. a separate purchase oh no no this is all free yeah this oh, is all cool. this is a free update yeah 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 uh, if you already have the game you'll just you know it'll just download automatically it should automatically just download and uh and yeah it all just appears so you don't have to buy anything. Uh, and I, I just confirming the, the trial, the free, the free demo is, um, is on PC as well. So it's on everything. Um, so you don't have an excuse. The only excuse, the only thing you can add, Brett, is could you add like a 25th and 26th hour to the day? Maybe. Just, uh, <laughs> well, you need give folks you need a little time. more time. You need that time to play everything these days. There's a lot of, a lot of great games out there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, we're hoping that, you know, people have finally finished their Baldur's Gate 3 run and Starfield run and they're looking <laughs> for something new. And, uh, and here's this amazing, you know, story game and an amazing world and really fun game just waiting for them. So if, if, if folks maybe have a little too much family at Thanksgiving um, <laughs> and they need an excuse, maybe they can uh, head over to Ascendant Studios social and, and you all can provide a teacher's note. Um <laughs> <laughs> Please let Christian play four hours uh, of this game at this date. <laughs> Sincerely. <laughs> we, we, um, we can hand those out for sure. <laughs> well, like I said, when we started, um, I really appreciate your time and you know your transparency. And I love that we're seeing that more and more in the industry. I love that we're getting folks that work on games being willing and able to talk about them and share their love and passion for it. I think it helps build the next generation of people that are going to make these games. It helps peel back the curtain and it also helps show how hard it is. And not that as a consumer, you necessarily need to care how hard it is. Yeah. But for myself, as someone who loves the art and really appreciates everybody's passion that they put into things, I love sharing that with other people. And I, uh, I really appreciate your time doing that here today. Yeah, man. No, thank you. Um, yeah. I mean, there, it's, uh, I think it's important to be transparent. I think it's important to, you know, let people know that are interested in this kind of thing. Um, what is going on, you know, kind of behind the scenes, um, under the hood for video games. Um, it's a, you know, it's a, they, they are big, complicated, 
you know, interesting, uh, challenging projects with a lot of really passionate people. And, um, you know, you don't get to, you don't generally know that you don't know if you're just a kind of ca- casual, you know, gamer, you don't know the people that are making it. It's not like Hollywood where, you know, the actors and maybe, you know, the director and, and things like that. It's a lot of times it's a, a little bit anonymous, but there are incredibly talented, passionate people who are, you know, bleeding for these games to be great. So people can really enjoy them because we love them. Um, I'm, I've always been a gamer first. I've, you know, um, games have actually been very meaningful in my life. Even before I made them, they were very important to me, uh, in a, in a kind of deep way. So, um, our ability to, to create them is, you know, it's, I, I, I kind of consider it an honor to be able to do this sort of work. And, um, and I love talking about it. I love, you know, for people that are interested, like for them to hear more about how it actually, how these things actually are made is, is cool. Um, it, there's a lot of stories there. Uh, I agree. Co-signed wholeheartedly on all of that. (laughs) Immortals of Avium. I said it on the main show. I've said it on other shows that I've been on. I think it is well worth people's time. It is even easier for you, dear listener, to get your hands on with it now and take that plunge and experience a new IP. So you don't even have to take my word for it. You can be like, I listened to that episode of DLC. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, now you can just uh, download it and check it out yourself. Brett Robbins, thank you so much for talking to us. I can't wait to see what you all do next. I can't wait to see what's next in the world of Avium. I'm just going to put that out there again. I'll say it. And then I will wrap by saying, um, just for the record, I asked you zero dead space questions. So I just want that to be. (laughs) That's amazing. This might be the, this might be a first for me. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for talking with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. This was great. Thank you. And, uh, and yeah, I hope people, uh, people play the game. And, uh, and I really appreciate the time. This is great.